All right, welcome to the Henry Club podcast. Uh, this is something I tried to do before, a little bit more structured, but now I'm I'm just kind of trying to change it up a little bit, make this a little bit more relaxed. Um, I want to kind of provide a little bit of an auditory component to my blog uh, when I release that on henryclub.com. And uh, essentially, I, I just kind of want all of this to be more of a stream of consciousness, uh, consciousness kind of thing. So if no one's listening to me, um, it's mainly just going to be me kind of ranting about the different things I see on uh, the news and, you know, what's going on every day. Um, so with, uh, with that being said, yeah, I'm going to produce this, you know, I'm going to aim for every day. It's definitely not going to be coming out every day. Um, but I think with the mindset that I want to at least try to put something out every day, I'll be a little bit more able to, uh, you know, get something out, whether that be a podcast or whether that be a blog, a little bit more consistently, uh, consistently. But I'm definitely not going to be releasing a podcast if I don't have a blog to coincide with it. Um, so that's kind of how it's going to go until something changes. Uh, but with that being said, let's get right into it. So Andrew Yang, he is the businessman from New York, and he has been running a very different campaign uh, compared to what has been done in the past. Um, you know, very grassroots, kind of similar to Bernie Sanders' 2016 campaign last year, um, and one of the biggest political outsiders I've ever seen gaining traction in this way, uh, probably beside our president. Um, so he's he's running an extremely unconventional campaign, and consistently he's been you know picking up a little bit of steam here and there. You know he was polling at around zero percent, uh, you know when he first started running, mainly because no one knew him. He wasn't a politician. He didn't really have any sort of background in this stuff. Uh, he did work uh, with the Obama administration on something, though. Uh, I really can't tell you what that. I think I think Obama ha had actually given him an award for his uh, work with Venture for America, which is his business. Uh, it's like a fellowship kind of program. Uh, definitely look that up if you haven't yet. Um, but essentially, he's been consistently picking up steam. Uh, he's made every single debate. He's going to be in the debates in October, and he's... Uh, well on his way to qualify for the November debates as well. Um, and now he's been consistently polling at around 3%. And he, uh, he just released his third quarter fundraising totals, which is like a little bit over $10 million, which compared to what he raised in the second quarter is a lot. He he only raised about $2.8 million for the entire second quarter. Um, and I would only assume that uh, it was even less than that for his, his first quarter filings. So, I mean, the guy is definitely continuing to grow. Uh, where people like Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris, who had that little spike, are now kind of diminishing in their, their poll numbers, while they, they still may be raising a lot of money, um, Yang is, I would say, the only candidate besides Elizabeth Warren to be growing and to be consistently boosting their, uh, 
their uh, fundraising numbers simultaneously. And I, I don't think at this point you can discredit him. Um, he's running on that, that main issue of his uh, version of the universal basic income, what he calls the freedom dividend, which is essentially he wants to give $1,000 a month to every American citizen. Uh, and, you know, uh, a lot of people think that that is the way that the country needs to go due to, you know, how manufacturing and automation is continuing to change our economy um, and displace a, a lot of people who were working menial jobs in the past, like retail and uh, manufacturing jobs that companies are now trying to start to, to phase out. So uh, he's... He's definitely been uh, been gaining, and he's definitely been um, on a fast track to maybe not winning, but uh, I don't. It's really it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell what his ceiling could be, simply because, uh, you know, a candidate like Donald Trump, before they had really gotten in the thick of things, was someone that people never expected to win. So I'm I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk on on what I think his ceiling would is. I I think he he has a shot. I I'd say it's minute, but I definitely think that it's there if he can continue to gain exposure, uh, and continue to, uh, you know, to to increase his polling numbers. Um, he also has a different kind of draw because I feel a lot of people who may not be inclined to vote for a Democrat or people who, you know, may uh, be extremely right uh, are inclined to vote for him because, you know, he's he's not necessarily talking negatively about capitalism like a lot of these uh, other far-left candidates are doing. So uh, I don't know. He, he's definitely, he's really, really got a, a different way about him. And I think at this point, I would personally consider him a major candidate, even more so, I would put him above Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, and I would put him over Senator Booker and uh, Julian Castro as well. Maybe not so much Pete Buttigieg, just because I, I feel like he's a little bit of a variable in there too, and he just has boatloads of money. I'm sure he raised even more the third quarter. I don't think, let me check, I don't think he's actually uh, released his his third quarter numbers yet, but he's, uh, you know, he's, he's doing it. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. So Pete Buttigieg raised about $19 million. Um, Bernie Sanders raised 25 million. So, I mean, Buttigieg, who's, you know, courting all these, uh, wealthy donors and is not afraid of fundraising at all is only $9 million more than, than Yang, who has absolutely no political experience whatsoever. Um, and, you know, Bernie Sanders right now looks like he's topping out that, uh, that fundraising number. But honestly, I would definitely bet that Elizabeth Warren um, will probably have a, a good shot at beating him also just based on the the polling numbers that she's been putting out um but if you have never looked up andrew yang don't know who he is i would definitely recommend uh giving him a shot uh going to yang2020.com and you know see if 
his uh, views on the issues. He's got like over 20,000 pop platform positions on his website. Um, go, go check out and see if he's someone you might be interested in voting for. I don't know. Uh, next on my uh, little thing here is uh, Bernie Sanders and his uh, heart issue that he had suffered yesterday. Um, I wish the senator all the best. Um, I, you know, I hope he has a speedy recovery and I hope he's back on the campaign trail, uh, ASAP because, um, you know, it's definitely better when we have, uh, important voices like Bernie Sanders, um, there to contribute to the conversation. But, you know, I do think that there's something to say that all of the top candidates in this race are above 70 years old, including the guy who is a shoe in to win the Republican nomination, uh, Donald Trump, our president. So my question is, is, is it truly fair to the American people to have a president that's in and out of the hospital? And this is no, you know, this is no dig against Bernie Sanders. This is no dig against, you know, the situation um, that's happening right now. But I mean, Sanders is 78 years old. Uh, Biden, I believe, is around the same age. Uh, what is to happen when we elect this person as the president and now we have a situation where they're, you know, continuously suffering health problems due to their age? You know, I, I don't think that that's fair to the American people. I, I don't think that age is a disqualifier, but I definitely, I keep saying definitely a lot. I need to figure out a new uh, descriptory word. But I I think that it it really isn't, it's hard. It's a hard issue because you, you can't discriminate against age, but at the same time, where do we draw the line from where you're you're too old to be president in the sense that your your health is going to deteriorate? I mean, we've had presidents' health deteriorate in the past, and you know, people could argue that the deterioration of of their health, whether that be you know FDR or uh, um, you know Ronald Reagan, who who some people say uh was experiencing um you know dementia it's it, it's just hard to say whether or not that is something that's fair or i mean is it something that's not in the minds of the american people is this something that people genuinely don't care about because you know um reagan also did say to walter mondale uh on the debate stage that um he has an advantage because of all of his age and wisdom and and his experience. Uh, so, uh, you know, there there are definitely two sides to the argument. I think two valid sides. Um, but I think we should just keep taking a look at whether or not the age of all of the candidates running uh, that are in the primary contention to be our next president um if if these are, are legitimate concerns, I, I mean, look, I think that it is not fair for us to look at the vice presidency with a microscope, microscope simply because there's a possibility that the 
president who was elected could, um, you know, experience a fatality or, you know, some sort of sickness. God forbid, God forbid, but, you know, um, I don't know, something to keep in mind. But uh, with all that being said, get better, Bernie Sanders. Uh, I hope that you uh, are still kicking in uh, a few days and we can get this campaign going on because Warren's going to beat your tushy little bit more um and then uh speaking about warren we'll we'll go on to the incident with uh, mark zuckerberg's conversation being released uh in uh when he said that um what's the exact quote let me let me find this up um yeah mark mark zuckerberg the robot does not take too kindly to a Warren presidency. Mainly because, I mean, Instagram and, like, all these, all these fucking apps are just getting bought up by Facebook, Facebook, getting bought up by Google, and Warren, uh, Warren doesn't really like that. Warren doesn't really like that one bit. Um... So she wants to break up all of these tech companies as a uh, sort of antitrust kind of, um, you know, she she wants to, she is essentially giving herself the uh, aura of Teddy Roosevelt from back in the day, breaking up all those monopolies. She wants to essentially do the same thing, but with the tech industry. Uh, I'm still looking for this quote from uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I can't find it. And I spent so long trying to find it at this point that, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to give up now. Um, but essentially, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, I got it on like a Google image. It's like super, super small. <sighs> and I had it the other day. Okay, well, regardless, Zuckerberg thinks that he would sue the United States government um, if uh, Warren did try to break up these companies. He believes that, you know, Facebook should stay together and companies like it should, uh, you know, have their right to engage in the market however they see fit. Um, Warren thinks that the way that the current companies are operating are stifling competition. Um, I personally, I, I actually do think I agree with Warren um, in, a, in a, and typically I would be wary of that, but I, I do think I agree with her here. Um, you know, these companies have an immense amount of power in not only the apps that we download and the websites that millions and millions of people are viewing every day, but also the content that is being viewed on these sites um, and how they, you know, selectively choose to, uh, you know, silence certain individuals and, um, you know, use their algorithmic processes to uh, make it so people on on the right more typically um, have less of a platform. Um, That's, you know, that's an issue that I've been a little bit wary about on how to solve the problem just because I, I don't know if it's as clear cut. I don't know if government intervention is the way. I don't know if self-regulatory 
uh, processes are, are the way to go about that. Um, but you know, we, we can, um, we'll see, we'll see how it works. I just think that, uh, the question, the, the results of the question that was posed on the website yesterday, which is if, if Zuckerberg's comments would, uh, make you more or less likely to vote for Warren. I think I would uh, definitely be more more inclined to vote for Warren because of this, just because fuck Facebook and uh, screw um, Mark Zuckerberg. There's no, there's no reason why a company like Facebook should have so much influence on our presidential, not even our presidential elections, but any of our elections in general. Um, but... Um, also just uh oh yeah it, it was it was split down the middle it was really split down the middle it was like 47 53 um so you know people definitely uh, i would say probably people who are more uh on the right would take more akin to to this making them less likely to uh vote for warren just because you know if if the government is being um hostile towards corporations you know there's no telling what that can do uh to the economy on that side but warren's not the president warren's not the nominee although i think she will be we'll definitely we won't definitely see um we will most certainly see where uh this issue ends up as well so this was oh 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 before i go um before i started they just announced that uh, the debate stage in October is going to have all 12 people that qualified. So it was going to be Joe Biden, uh, Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg, Julian Castro, Tulsi Gabbard, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, Tom Steyer, uh, Elizabeth Warren, and Andrew Yang. Um, Tom Steyer and uh, Tulsi Gabbard one a businessman, one a, a congresswoman from Hawaii. Those are the two added components of this debate, uh, which will be taking place on October 15th. Uh, just a short thing about that. Absolute, absolutely ridiculous that they thought having 12 people on the same stage is a good idea. I mean, these are important issues that we're talking about right now. These are important times. And to think that we can genuinely get the gist of any of these candidates by hearing them speak for you know less than 10 minutes which i would assume is probably how this debate is going to turn out given the time and given the amount of candidates i think that's ridiculous we're making the american people choose off of information that is so minute and so low to scale compared to the actual issues at play and some of the policy differences that these these people have um that um i i just don't think that this is the best way to find who the nominee should be um maybe there'll be a surprise i don't anticipate that uh, I would assume the lower polling candidates will get almost no time, including Andrew Yang, even though he's polling higher than in, uh, most people. Um, and then, um, you know, Warren and Biden and Bernie will probably take most of the time, but most of that time will probably be somewhere around 11 to 15 minutes for each of them, which is probably 
giving them uh, a lot more time than um, they'll get already. So uh, that's my thoughts on that. I will maybe be back doing this tomorrow. I might not, but with all that being said, stay tuned for the next episode of the Henry Club podcast. Uh, If you have any sort of questions or issues you want me to address, uh, feel free to shoot me a DM on either my uh, my private um, personal account or my uh, or the Henry Club account, and um, visit www.henryclub.com and take a look at the website. Let me know what you think it needs. Let me know what uh, what your mindset is, cause I'm just chilling, and um, that's it. So peace out.